good stuff. It's not bad, right? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. We're gonna, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. One big, one big breath. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Doctor B. Well, I'm your host, Steve Ivanovsky. On today's episode, we have an extra special giddy up for everybody. The gentleman who we're having on today is a true pioneer in the space. He's been crushing it since 2014 uh, when he started his own company. He's also worked for uh, you know a couple of, uh, multi-state operators, and he crushed that into, into settling down. Uh, he's currently the, the CEO of a top 10 dispensary in Massachusetts, Berkshire Roots. He's a board member of the Association of Cannabis Specialists. He is a a father, a soon-to-be grandfather. <laughs> He's a small business advocate. He is a lover of the medicine. He's a lover of the fun. My friend, James Winokur. Thank you, Stephen. Really appreciate being here. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Maybe a lot to cover, but happy to go wherever you take us. Oh, I, I, lo- I love to hear that, and I yeah. appreciate you for, for coming on the show uh, so much. Um, you know, we've been, we've been talking about this, you know, for a while, you know, since, since we met, um, and decided to, uh, you know, to, to bring our brands, to bring our brands together, right? which is a super cool thing. It, uh, it almost happened as soon as we met. It literally <laughs> almost happened as soon as we met. Right. Um, well, well, let, let, us just, uh, let's touch base on that. So, so for everyone, the listeners out there, um, the, the honey that we do, Dr. B. Well is, uh, is is our product manufacturer in Massachusetts is Berkshire Roots. They're, they're our partners there. Uh, they've been incredible throughout this, you know, throughout this whole process. Um, but I'm, I'm curious what your first impressions were of me. So number one, obviously everybody loves your energy. Um, we were at this event at Mass Mocha Solid Sound, which was really a fun event. And somehow fate put us at the same spot, two tents next to each other, Berkshire Roots and Be Well Honey. And I had been looking for unique products that we could bring into Massachusetts, manufacture and distribute. And as soon as I heard what you're doing, like, we got to have honey in our lineup. How do we do this? That's it. Really excited about the product when we tried it and we kept this relationship going. So I'm really happy it's coming to fruition. Me too, man. When you, you came over here and uh, it's funny, I'll get, I'll give you my first impression now. So I'm at, I'm at Mass Mocha, solid sound. Mass Mocha is like the, uh, if you've never been there, it's it's this uh, incredible. It's the largest museum of. It's what it stands for, Mass Mocha Museum of Contemporary Art. It's the largest museum of contemporary art in the uh, in the, in the North America, and it's an incredible space. There's so much love. There's so much you know. So the vibe there is just so incredible. And so I'm going there and I'm working. I'm I'm doing you know I'm selling be well and, uh, but these events are like just great for me. You know I love to do these events. Once you get there and everything's set up, you can just have fun and dance around and and. You come over to me and you're, you're chatting to me about all this stuff. And I talked to a few members of your team prior and, uh, you know, not knowing that you were the, the CEO of this company, you know, CEOs of these CEOs of these companies usually don't attend events like this. <laughs> so I, I didn't think that this was. And so here I am just being myself and, and being me. And, um, you know, you come over and then we had like two conversations until like the, the third conversation, maybe even like on the second day when you were, like, when you, you know, you finally let me know, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the CEO of, the, of this company. Yeah. Um, uh, because, you know, I think the conversation had started, you know, because you're, you're a musician. Right, and right. So, that's true. 
Yeah, giddy up, you know. We have a, a band called Midlife Crisis, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. I can't wait to. I can't wait to. You know, see you guys. See you guys play sometime. As we now say, we're a little bit beyond the midlife crisis. Right. You're, but when you, but st- when you started it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we're all in. You know, age, and, and that's what you know. Doctor B Well is all about is is trying to you know longevity and keeping people alive. So who knows? Maybe maybe you are only right, halfway right. through. That'd be you great. Know? Yeah. yeah, giddy up. Yeah. Um. So I, yeah, I, I just thought he was like cool, mu- you know, music guy, you know, in the cannabis space, and you know, and then when you when you let me know that you were the CEO of this, you know, unbelievable top ten dispenser, I was like, wow, this is this is, you know, this is who I want to be, uh, you know, this is who I want to be doing business with, and this is who I'm going to be doing business with, and I'm I'm so glad that that's going to be you know coming to fruition. Yeah, it's you know really awesome the space because there's so many new things that we can do. Virtual Roots is a great company. I joined December 2019 and. You know, relatively small. We were about 70 people at the time. It felt like a family business. I grew up in a family business and thought, yeah, this is the place for me. We've grown. We added a dispensary in Boston, but still have that kind of family feeling. And then, you know, to your opening, really trying to find ways to support other companies, other entrepreneurs, inventors who want to get in the cannabis space. So we're doing that as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, what, now it didn't start at Berkshire Roots though. You were before you were, you know, you, you, um, you know, 2014 is, is when you got started. That's correct. It is. I was at a big software company in the Boston area. A colleague who had left called me one day asking if I could help him maybe with some marketing for a invention that he had. I said, sure, whatever you need. And it turned out to be a <laughs> cannabis vaporizer product. I'm like, what the heck is that? Cool. I had no idea. I was not involved in the cannabis space at all. Then when I did my own research and said, this is going to be huge. So 2014, early days. And we've co-founded a company with three of us. And we brought on other people and we did the traditional startup, go out and raise money. Cannabis space, obviously a little more difficult. Yep. Raised the money, designed the product, manufactured the product in China. It's a very Keurig style device. So we got known as the Keurig of cannabis. And That's we actually cool. had a bunch of team members, engineers, and our chairman of the board, former executives at Keurig. Oh, cool. So the melding of that was, you know, really great. Uh, we did create enough product to start selling them in a pilot program. And then our last round of funding, we ended up selling the company, which is fine. Yeah. You know, helped us actually in a lot of ways. Um, but it was a great entree into the industry. I was traveling the country, really the world. I was in Canada and Australia. Um, as well as all over the U.S., learning about the plant and becoming really a patient myself yeah, were because you a, of that. Were you a user b- beforehand? I was not. Wow. You know, the typical high school story everybody has, but really nothing between high school and, you know, 2014. Wow. There's a lot of decades in between. Yeah. And did, did you yeah. start to, did you immediately start to partake when you, in, in 2014? You know, when we started making this thing happen, I said, well, if I'm going to be in this industry, I should know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So not only was I learning, but started, you know, experimenting, so to speak, and then um, connected with Dr. Jordan Tischler and said, I really should get my medical card because when Massachusetts opened, it was medical only. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had my medical card you know, since the early days of Massachusetts. Oh, wow. That, that's pretty cool. And I, I'm excited to talk about, about Dr. Tischler and the, you know, in the ACS and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Sure. Um, so, so you're, you're, you're crushing it with, and the name of that company was Canacorp? Canacorp. Canacorp. Okay. Yep. Love that. Okay. And so you, it was a home vaporizer, right? Cause it's a cure egg. So it's like not, not when people are thinking vaporizers now, a lot of them are thinking like vape pens Correct, and like, yeah. you know, oils and concentrates. Like that's not what it was. 
is a desktop unit. I used to use it at home myself every night before I went to bed, so kind of a robot. Yep. So a pod filled with ground cannabis, put the pod in the machine, machine does all the work, creates vapor and captures it, and then you inhale it somewhat like a water bottle, inhaling it out of a container. Yeah. And, uh, you know, super simple, nothing to clean, nothing Su- to burn. Super clean way to smoke it too. You it know, va- vapor is the, you know, it's probably the, the best way to consume it. Um, you know, maybe an edible might be better, but, you know, just the, opposed to smoking direct in, inhalation, vapor is, is definitely better. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll get into it, but there are different reasons to use different forms. And uh, that vaporization is still what I do. I use a handheld device, but vaporization for me is still the best. Vaporization is yeah. still the best. Combination though. Okay. I don't know if you want to get into this. Yeah, to tell me, tell me. Particularly me. for sleep, that's my bedtime routine. Okay. I've got my handheld vaporizer with flour, mm-hmm. and I've got my edibles. So it's my get to sleep, stay asleep medicine. Get, yeah, get to sleep, stay asleep. That's what I, I, I find that the edibles are, are great at, keep, at keeping me asleep. Right. Um, I, don't, I often don't have a tough time going to bed uh, for whatever reason, which is kind of odd because my brain is, <laughs> you know, going a thousand miles a minute. Right. And maybe that's why. Yeah. But um, I can usually go to sleep. Right. Um, and, but then staying asleep sometimes is difficult for me. I, you know, I wake up two or three hours later and I find when I take, you know, between like, you know, 10 to, to 25 milligrams of an edible, uh, you know, my, in my case, honey, it's, yeah. it's great. You know, it's, that'll feel, do it. yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> you know, it makes yeah. me feel really, uh, you know, like really refreshed the next day. Right. Yeah. I have tried, you know, different forms of edibles right now. I'm into capsules yep. and we have a great chocolate bar. So it's a little bit of a treat Yeah. Uh, for my peanut butter chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You, you need a little, you know, sweet tooth isn't, it is, isn't always bad, you know? Right, right. Um, and that's, uh, that's another thing that we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll touch base on today is that how, you know, cannabis, we're, we're both guys who, you know, you're on the board of, you know, of ACS and I'm a, you know, doctor of pharmacy who really cares about the med- the medical benefit and the medicine, medical side of it. But cannabis can be fun too, right? It can. I mean, it's just so odd. The whole concept that we started with medical, then we go to adult use. I really support the medical side, but I certainly understand it's fun too. And, you know, we should embrace that as well. Yeah, ex- no, ex- exactly. And that's, I find that like a lot of the companies who, who have gone that route, who have you know, started in the medical space where they, they really had to learn the medicine. They had to learn you know, how patients were and, and you know, they're still dealing in the medical space because um, you know, a lot of these companies, especially in Massachusetts, some in Maine decided that, hey, it's not worth it. I'm going to go adult use and that's where my business model is going to be now. Right. But the, um, in, in Massachusetts, most places, they just continue to operate as medical and as adult use. Yeah, there's few of us. We are co-located out in Pittsfield with both medical and recreational. We, you know, started that way. In Boston, we started with adult use and we're adding medical. Cool. So hopefully by May, maybe June, we'll be set up to sell a medical in Boston. Okay, yeah. that's that's awesome. And so, uh, and that, that's kind of cool. You have two two very diverse, uh, different groups. You have, uh, you know, Pittsfield, the Berkshires, and then you have East Boston. You know, definitely different uh diverse populations, uh, just different markets almost entirely. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see those differences. So Pittsfield, if you're unfamiliar, the most western part of Massachusetts, right on the New York border. We have a lot of vacation homes. A lot of people have second homes there. Um, The community itself, you know, thrives in the cannabis world, very cannabis-friendly community. But it's more like a big box store, right? People come in and buy quantity, let's say. Yep. Right? In East Boston, it's more like the local bar. Cool. I, you know, the old TV show Cheers. It's like where everybody knows your name. Yeah. You know, and we see people come in multiple times a week, you know, multiple times cool. in the course of a week. 
And yeah. uh, it's kind of like, hey, Norm, you know, how are you? What do you want today? You want another pre-roll? You know, right. I, we kind of all know that. And it's it's kind of cool because like that 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 is what it is you know the foot traffic in Boston and bring bring people in like that you know going right. to the, the the bar you know that's right. that's cool it will be it will be fascinating to see that social consumption um you know that's on the docket this year for Maine prob- probably going to go so people are going to be you know that's it's going to be a thing you know what what are you what are you thinking about that yeah social consumption I think um, should be part of every licensing um, it's done different ways or held off in different places. Uh, Vegas, obviously, that's a big thing. They're opening that up. Yep. Um, I think for a lot of people, there's not a good place to consume if you have an apartment or you have some place where you're living and you're not allowed to consume. Yeah. So one of the things in Massachusetts, early days, it's in the regs. But the governor said, let's hold off on that until we get you know, recreational really going. And part of the discussion was, hey, there are people who can't consume at home. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, against the rental rules or whatever living situation they're in. Right. So it makes sense for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, for sure. Now, where 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 is it at in Mass? There was supposed to be a pilot program years ago. It's coming back to discussion now. Uh, I think probably in the next year or two we'll see that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a, a boon for the industry and just going to be, re- like, really fascinating to see. It's like – and when people talk about like the safety aspect of it, it's like literally go on every corner and look for a bar. Like, come <laughs> on, guys. Like, you know, these people are, we know, we, we just, and there's, the, you know, sure, we have drunk driving laws and, and those exist yep. and those should exist for cannabis too. If there's a, you know, whatever, if there's a, you know, somebody's completely inebriated, I don't, you know, and I don't even really know, but it's like, right. it, it's just so, it's, it's such a challenging discussion to have because it's been, so, it's been taboo for so long. Yeah. And I certainly get it. We don't want, to include cannabis in another problem, but I think there's ways to handle that, and I think it's much more reasonable for cannabis consumers. Yeah, ma- imagine right. this, James. Imagine uh, you start doing social consumption out there. More people start socially consuming with cannabis. They're being safe about it. I, I would uh, venture to guess that drunk driving would probably go down. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen that generally in states that legalized. Yeah, it, we definitely have, 100%. Yep. Right. So, so you're right. So you, you sold, sold, sold Canacorp. You, you know, before you got to Berkshire Roots, you had a little bit of a, a, a you know, a detour and worked for, um, you know, for a multi-state operator, which is that, that that's a, you know, kind of sometimes in a, in, um, you know, in cannabis that that word can be trigger for, you know, for <laughs> right. some people, you know, so right. what was that, you know, can you tell me about that experience a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I define multi-state operator as a public company that has licenses and operates them in multiple states. So it was actually a really good opportunity for me to move from the ancillary device to being really in the cannabis industry. I was at Merrimed based in Norwood. Um, I was there for a year co-leading what we call the product group, which was all about bringing our brands to others to make and distribute and taking licensed products in to manufacture and distribute. Okay. Um, but generally, because of Canacorp, I knew the executives there and they said, hey, here's you know specific role. We'd love you to be part of that and where else you can help be great. So, you know, I ended up dabbling in other areas operationally. Cool. Uh, really great experience there. I'm still very friendly with a lot of the people there. Um, John Levine was just named the permanent CEO there. Um, cool. Bob Fireman had been the co-founder and CEO for many years. He just passed away. I don't know if you know that. Talk about pioneers in the industry, Bob, big pioneer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I am. Yeah. I'm familiar. And I think that that's, it's like you said, Everyone thinks that the you know multi state operators are bad and it's taboo. It's it's 
and in some cases, sure, but that's that it's capitalistic society, and, and it, we needed that to, to to push it forward and for it to become for this for the stigma to like you know now it's like okay now you want you know people like me and you know to, to get a chance sure, but you know we needed we did need people like that in the beginning to to figure out the legs to have the high powered lawyers to come in and to really start figuring that stuff out. I I wouldn't be able to sell my product in Massachusetts if it wasn't for you having that experience with Merrimed and, and doing that. So I think it's. It's, it's great. Yeah, all those experiences led to me thinking about how can Berkshire Roots help others and bring products in and obviously help ourselves by bringing in uh, interesting, unique, you know, products to fit missing categories. Okay, know? cool. Yep. And that, that's, that's something that you guys have, have done at Berkshire Roots quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, as everybody else, as a vertically integrated company, we did a great job earning a reputation for our cultivation, you know, flower first. And we have a great reputation there. We started expanding our extraction lab capabilities, earned a really great reputation there. And then we got to a point recently where we said, hey, let's start helping others. Um, One of our first products was an oral spray mist. So again, a little different kind of product, a company called Yellow Labs, Uh, the inventor founder based in Rhode Island, looking for distribution elsewhere. It's set up in Ohio, wanted to get set up in Massachusetts. We actually met at NECAN last year. Cool. So that relationship was fostered and we started making his product. Okay, cool. Um, so similar story to, you know, your honey product. Yeah, yeah. right. You just, yeah. you, you met him and you thought it was cool what he was saying. And um, so yeah. that that's uh, Ander Wensberg? Yes. Okay. Right. Yep. And uh, so I, um, Ander, I, I know Yellow Labs is a, it's, it's actually a, a, a play on words, right? <laughs> it, it is, right. Yeah. So he gets this dual benefit of the name because lab sounds like good. It's being made in a lab, which is terrific. He's got great formulations, but he's also a dog lover. Oh, so cool. he owns two Yellow Labs. It happens that I own two Yellow Labs. So recently, last summer, we got together down in Rhode Island, took our dogs to the beach so they could meet. You know, we had a great beach day with the four labs, and he actually wrote a little article about dog people and cannabis people and making that connection, you know. Oh, that's awesome, and we'll definitely we'll put that in the thumbnails for the show so cool. the, yeah. the listeners can definitely listen, uh, look for it. That, that's so cool. Yeah, very cool. Um, so now that, you, that was kind of where you, you got the products going. You joined Berkshire Roots, and you said, okay, product first. Uh, that, that's what we got to do. We got to get the best. You guys got known for being, you know, cultivators, uh, you know, won some awards. Yes. Uh, yep. So that, you know, I, I know that long, a long list of awards actually. Yes. Um, and so then there's the same, same, same type of deal for the, for the extraction. Um, and you know, I, like, ladies and gentlemen, this, this whole setup to this team, this, this production facility, when you get there and you it's just, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. The team there is, uh, you know, is is just incredible. You know, Kayla, Chris, Matt, like you guys have been awesome to work with. And like, I can't wait to continue to work with you guys and to keep pushing this forward. Yeah, it really is an awesome team. I feel so lucky. I'm like knocking on wood here on the desk. Uh, Dennis is the head cultivator, Graham second in command in cultivation. They just do a tremendous job there. Um, Kayla is our extraction lab director that you mentioned. She produces textures like people can't believe. And Chris is our um, kitchen director, infused product director. So he works on your product, you know, obviously, and other kinds of infused product like Yellow Labs. And then Matt, who you mentioned, is the overall production director. So he's making sure all of our production is running smoothly, quality control, inventory control, you know, all that stuff. Um, Then on the retail side, we've, you know, earned a great reputation. We have four best of the Berkshires in a row. Or Let's the dispensary, go. which is inclusive of the products, but um, Tam and Brittany, who run our retail operations, do a tremendous job. Yeah, see that that, yeah. that it's really it's really like you guys got it all going on, and um, you know to be 
truly successful, you know, in this space long term. Um, I think that that's what it needs to be. Um, could you speak a little bit about how uh, you know the the community of Berkshire Roots has has made that uh, you know made that possible? You know, you said you came from a family owned business. That's what you grew up in, uh, and you kind of felt the same way. You know, leading this as as the CEO. Yeah, it's been a great opportunity because of that similarity. Um, I grew up in a franchise business, Culligan Water Conditioning. So my grandfather actually started a franchise in Connecticut in the early 60s. And my father joined him. So I kind of grew up in that. All my summer jobs were working for my father. Okay. Um, we built that business. I formally joined after two years after college. Um, we built that business, have, you know, one of the top franchises in the country for Culligan. Oh, wow. Giddy up. Um, so it was an 11-year career um, doing that. And really, when you're a business owner, co-owner, you wear all the hats. Um, but I really gravitate towards marketing. Um, so with the opportunity to sell that business, I came back to the Boston area. My wife's from the Boston area. Went back to Boston College where I got my undergrad to get an MBA and got into high tech. It was year 2000. So it was dot-com, everything was dot-com, IT, technology, uh, ended up at a software company. Okay. Billion dollar, they were the founders of computer-aided design software. So the inventor of 3D CAD modeling started this company. Wow. Um, so you can imagine back in the day when people were doing everything on paper, this was world-changing. Right? Revolutionary. And it, it's kind of like, I guess that it helps me speak to why you are like you are, you know, a guy who just comes up to, you know, a small business owner at, you know, at a festival and says, Hey, let's giddy up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, at the big company, we were a relatively small department, but controlling a large part of the revenue, but I was allowed to be very entrepreneurial within this big company. So I've always had that spirit. It's always been recognized. People have allowed me to do that, which is great. And the Berkshire Roots ownership is awesome. They are very entrepreneurial different businesses that they've owned. One's a lawyer, um, actually a politician as well. The two cousins who started this company come from Pittsfield. They knew the community well, a lot of acceptance for what they plan to do and what we have done, which is add a lot of jobs. You know, so we have, how, how many jobs? We have over a hundred people that work in the Pittsfield area and another 20 or so in Boston. That's a giddy up. Yeah. So, you know, really helpful, the community, very supportive because of that. Um, we run a very clean operation, whether it's the city or CCC regulators. Uh, you know, we, we try and achieve all that we can to be at that top level of clean environment, which you saw. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, it's, running a great production facility, meeting all the requirements. Right? Yeah, I'd say it's exceeding, probably exceeding all the requirements. You know, I've been in a quite, a, quite a few of these facilities now, and um, yours is, you know, hard to beat. It's, it's beautiful. It's, everything is so clean. Everything is so well run. Um, and then on top of that, you guys are taking the time to uh, put it back into the products. You know, first thing I come in, I'm spouting off about dyes and all this stuff and how, you know, we can't have this and that. And Chris is like, dude, we, we haven't been using dyes in yeah, our gummies yeah, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So it's one of the things that I certainly brought there. Some of it was already there. But when we talked about product originally and because of my background at Merrimed, so let's do what we can do to remove any artificial ingredients, any artificial colors, and we, you know, quickly transition to that. Some products already were that way, but now all of our products are that way. Yeah, and I think that I think that's incredible. You know, that's really awesome. Yeah. It's it's cool that you're, uh, you know, getting to take all this this experience from your life. You know, and that's that's kind of what it is like, and what the show is about too. It's about being you, about being yourself. And like, I feel like, 
you know, authentically, you're, you're you know, you're finding this, you know, you're, you know, you're uh, a guy who, um, you know, is going through, you know, some, some corporate businesses, but family business, and then doing some corporate stuff. And then, you know, just finding your own way in cannabis. I mean, it might, like, what did your, what did your partner and your, your kids think in 2014? <laughs> so fortunately, my kids were a little older by that point. And my wife, just supportive of everything I've done in my Isn't it incredible? crazy thoughts about things that I think might be fun or interesting. Um, she has held down the fort. She has been so good with allowing me to, you know, do the different things that I've done and certainly couldn't do any of what I've described so far um, without her support. So that's tremendous. My kids, of course, thought, hey, that's really cool. Right, yeah. Um, there's a little, I think, uh, notion that I play in a band you mentioned, you know, before I don't know they thought that was so cool, um, but maybe I crossed over the cool line when I got involved with cannabis. Yeah, so. exactly right. They were like, oh, my, my old man, he, he plays in a band. Roll my, eye, roll my right, eyes. Right, right. Oh, my old man, he plays in a band and he's smoking a bone after. Okay, giddy yeah. up. And oh, now he's leading the he's leading the company and he, start, he started a cannabis. Like, okay, giddy up. Like, I can get behind this. My, my youngest daughter does tell me when she's dating and eventually tells people what I do. She said, Dad, it's a problem that you're cooler than I am. <laughs> like I'm not that cool. Okay, that yeah. is awesome. Exactly. You've you've gone from be, you know being the guy who you know the, the dad who wasn't cool. Now you're just too cool. It's it's it. Yeah, it's it's perspective. Yeah, get to, get to know me. I'm not that cool. <laughs> I, I I think you're that cool. Um, okay, so that's the. Let's talk just a little bit more about the community because I know you you crush you've been crushing it with us you know with, with the honey and Dr. B well right. you've been crushing it with Yellow Labs um, but I know that there's a you know I know there's a woman owned company that you've been uh, you know that you've been dealing with that yes. you, you yep. brought on um, and then um, as well I think a, a California partner right that that you brought on yeah absolutely so Angela Arena has gotten involved on her own with cannabis but she was part of the Canacorp team so that's how I know her. Um, she started her own CBD company, started a store in the Marblehead area, and now is moving to THC. And she came to me and said, hey, I'd love to formulate products with THC and have you guys manufacture and distribute. Like, great. She has a real focus in her formulations uh, specifically for females. That's her target audience, um, which I think she's got great product, great ideas. She's a great marketer. So really excited to bring her product on. And then in a recent trip to California, as we were looking for cool different things to bring to Massachusetts, we met with Big Pete's Treats. If you don't know Big Pete's Treats, they were one of the original edibles companies in California, baked goods. So one of the original edible companies in the country then? Absolutely. Cool. Um, Big Pete's a real person. Oh, giddy up. Yep. He started making cookies at home and it grew into a business and he has family members involved. His son, Pete Jr., is our main contact there. So it is a family business. They do really well in California and only recently decided to expand outside California. So they are a small family business trying to, again, make their way in the national scene. Yeah. Um, so we just uh, decided that this would be a great product to add for us and get it out to the Massachusetts market. Yeah, I, I think that's really great. I think it's so cool how you're you're uh, you know creating this little portfolio of small businesses that that you're working with and and you know trying to bring with you. And I think that's honestly where the success is going to be in uh, you know in this space is people who are who are doing this. And that's obviously why I'm you know I'm running my business like I am mm-hmm. is because I that's that's how you know all boats you know all tides ra- you know the, whatever the saying is you know the tide raises all boats yeah, you know it, yeah. it, it it is the it is it's so true it's if you can find people you know that you can work with and that you can help leverage each other up then it, it it's just going to be optimum yeah and you know it's 
partly looking for unique products, as I just described. It's partly the people behind it. So when they're passionate, they're inventors, they've got an idea about marketing and branding to support the entree into the market. You know, you need that to go along with it. And we Berkshire Roots are saying, well, we can't think of everything and do everything. There are people that have these great ideas. They've already established something, either formulations or they're in market. Like, let's work together and make that happen for everybody. Yeah, and I think it's it's so cool how you, uh, you know, you approach that that topic as well. Uh, you know, at least how you approached it with me. And I know that you're going to be giving a talk, um, you know, at NECAN on, on, on the 11th. Um, I'm not sure if this episode will air before then or afterwards, but I'm, I'm sure that the people will be able to get a, a you know some type of webinar of this uh, you know of this uh, you know presentation that that James is going to be giving on um, on small businesses and and or not small businesses in general, but just uh, you know uh, it's really on, on brand. So there's a panel discussion. There's uh, three lawyers and me. <laughs> so the idea of the panel is if you have a company in Massachusetts or a brand in Massachusetts, how do you expand it out? So I just told you my experiences, whether at Merrimed and Berkshire Roots or even Canacorp, those were licensing deals. Yep. Um, so I'm representing the operational side on what to do with brands. So, uh, yeah, that'll be really interesting. I can't wait for the Q&A part of it because it's really difficult. It is not easy to establish a brand and really get it into market. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, as I've learned, it's, it's super, super, super challenging. Um, and you need, to, you need to be really passionate about it. Right. You know, you need to care about it. You need to not worry about a, you know, hey, this it might be an eighty-hour week. You know, it might right. be an eighty-hour week this week, and, um, you know, I, that's just how I want to exist because it's the, you know, if I can have the brand is me. You know, the brand right. is me right. and what I'm trying to, put, to to push forward into the world. And I think that cannabis is a it's a great avenue for for me to do that. Right. And so, it's the I think it's the only way. You know. Yeah, it really does take that personal touch um, for the people who are selling it. So the retailers that we are presenting these products to, and then their bud tenders slash register agents, um, they really need to understand what's the differentiator. What am I telling my customers? And there's no one better than the inventor, the founder of the company to really express that. So like with Yellow Labs, it's actually husband and wife team, Andrew and his wife, Lisa, you know, they're out there with us or on their own going to meet with some of these dispensary owners and really explain their motivation, their intent with the product and why they think it's a great differentiator, um, whether it's cost or formulation, um, I, you know, that's what you really need to grow a brand. Yeah. And uh, Massachusetts dispensaries, you know, giddy up, bu- buckle up because I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming for you. You know, you're, you're, everyone's going to be having the Dr. Be Well, honey. You will have a good time meeting customers and talking to those register agents. It's, it's a blast. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. I can't wait for that for that portion of it. You know, that's the that's. I like to get out there and meet people. You know, boots on the ground and, and do right. stuff like this and have conversations. And um, you know, I think that that's where I have value as well. So I, I just that, that part of it, I can't, I can't wait. You know, yeah, yeah it's gonna be great. We're, we're, we're you know we're close. We're hoping to you know we're hoping to have the honey you know on the on the shelves in the you know in the next month or you know next month month and a half. So yeah, and you know when you go out there, um, it's different. What you're doing is different, and. We need to find a path to get people's attention, but once they kind of understand, oh, there's an infused honey, but it's not just, I could do this at home, you know, and you've got your specialty as a pharmacist to explain why you've taken some time to figure out how to do this, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, right. and why there's, you know, why there's benefit to it, you know, the specific formulation as well as the honey and, right. and just trying to use this, the best possible ingredients as the vehicle yeah. is, is so important. And there's a do-it-yourself aspect to it, and we've kind of entered that a little bit. 
And I think your product could be a combination of something I just use as is, or I combine into something else. So it is potentially a do it yourself yeah. component. Mm-hmm. Um, we recently added seasonings to our lineup. Cool. So we have four different flavor seasonings. I love it. Obviously, you're going to add that to something else. Yeah, right. And just suck it right. down the seasoning. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that that's so great. The the I think people are really starting to um, like wanting to cook again, which yeah. is cool. There's like a yeah. revelation happening. You know, at first it was just like, oh no, give me the edibles. You can make the edibles. Cool. Now, like, give them to me. And I hadn't made hadn't, hadn't seen a homemade brownie in you know in ten years. But now that stuff's starting to come back, and I think it's because it's it is a, a cool thing. It's fascinating. I think people have been home brewing, and you know, right. forever. So it's like people are growing at home and, and doing that. So it's like, why wouldn't they be making their own edibles? And you know, not everyone wants to deal with cannabis oil or, or you right. know, just deal with straight flour and have to do the extraction yourself. Absolutely, uh, whether it's ethanol or whatever. Um, but they, you know, having some honey or having seasonings, having something you can add to food, I think is a is super cool. Yeah. In fact, we were talking about Big Pete's Treats, which is baked goods. They're pre-made cookies, but they also make a can of butter, which is part of making the cookies. Oh, cool. And in California, fairly recently, they started selling that separately for a do-it-yourself version. All right. So we will make can of butter for sale. So you can go make your brownies or your cookies on your own, too. Right. Right. Okay, cool. I, I love that. So... That's the, that, the, we've, we've hit that, we've hit the small companies that you guys are, you know, that you're currently working with and that, yep. that's yep. a giddy up. Uh, now it's not, it's not the only thing that you guys do. You also have engaged with some business with some, with some bigger brands. Absolutely. Um, so we talked about medical versus recreational. There's also small versus big, right? And, you know, we are generally family business, small company. We love our brand, but we recognize that people are looking for either new stuff or brands that they've heard of. Um, we were, very fortunate to work with the Cookies brand, which is now the biggest brand in the world. They're yeah. in multiple Great. countries and all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we have the exclusive retail rights in Berkshire County for the Cookies brand. So we're not the manufacturer. We're buying those products from a manufacturer in Massachusetts, but we are in Berkshire County, exclusive retailer, and we sell those products in Boston. Great relationship with Cookies. Love the Cookies guys. You know, they have their concept, which is really relying on Burner, the founder. Um, so it's a music connection. It's, you know, rap artist. It's a lot of stuff on social media. You know, it's got great visibility. Um, we actually are an official cookies corner, they call it. So we took part of our Pittsfield dispensary and outfitted it to be a cookies branded place with shelving and the packaging and all that. Um, so when you go into our store, you get a, a little bit of cookies experience when you go in there. Yeah, I think, I think that's really cool. Um, the, uh, dispensary up here, uh, East Coast Cannabis, who we, you know, we had Dana Brewerly, the CEO of, of that outfit. We mm-hmm. had him on the show and they, they are the, they're the uh, product manufacturer for cookies up here. Right. Uh, so I think that that's, uh, that's great. And I, uh, just to let cookies know, you know, may, maybe we start throwing some, some, uh, some ad <laughs> revenue over to Dr. B. Well, cause I, you know, I'm definitely getting you guys up. Good point. Yeah. That's how, that's how it goes, baby. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'll be hitting them up after this. Right. Uh, that would be great getting the, the the largest cannabis company in the you know in the in the in the world to right, right. you know to sponsor the podcast. Sponsored by it's probably, exactly sponsored by right. Giddy Up. Yeah. Um, okay, so that that's that's been a, a great relationship. You guys, you, you know, everything's been going good. People have you know the visibility. You have the you know it's great because you can have different. Um, you know, you said you're you're reaching different people. You know, these are younger people. You know, people who are you know in, in a Gen Z, some some you know younger millennials. You know, right, in, right. in in the rap game who've been you know 
uh, you know, pushing cookies forward for, you know, forever. Right. right. So it's like to get to capture that market is, is, is huge. Yeah. I mean, they're also a big apparel company, which is how they also get visibility. So it's just nice to have a recognized brand in the store. People love our product. We, you know, in our store, we outsell the third parties that we bring in, you know, exponentially. So people really love our products, but it's nice to be able to address people who are looking for something they've known or heard of, you know, in the world generally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it too, it's just kind of different, you know, it's just something different. You know, you have somebody who's coming in who's been, uh, you know, come into to, to BR for, for quite some time and they've been getting their great BR strains. Right, right. Um, and then they're just like, oh, well, maybe I just, I'm, I'm doing something different this weekend. I'd like to, you know, try something a little bit different. And so just having that offering, I think is, is pretty right. cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you guys, uh, you're, you're going to be uh, partnering, you know, you are partnering with and you're going to be uh, releasing this at, at NECAN. You have another, another big brand that you're going to be announcing. We are, we are. This is, again, opportunity knocks. Do you walk through the door or not? So we talked about our meeting and coincidental that we were next to each other. I was introduced to someone from a connection to Berkshire Roots who worked for the company Heavy Metal Entertainment. Heavy Metal is the comic book, graphic novel, 1970s founded. These are the, as I'm remembering it, Heavy yeah. Metal, the, uh, my, these, I'm two, two older brothers, five and six years older than me. I remember yeah. being like a, a fifth, sixth, sixth grader and my brothers, you know, having these, these, uh, you know, these graphic novels, these, gra- you know, these graphic comics and, and yeah. me not being able to see them because yes. they were, they were, you know, had some nudity in there. It's, right. a, you know. It was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Absolutely. It is uh, certainly a fun brand. It's meant for adults. Um, it is that Comic-Con kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. And they have multiple properties. It's probably best known for a 1981 movie called Heavy Metal, which was actually produced by Ivan Reitman, believe it or not. Cool. Had voiceovers from people like John Candy and Eugene Levy. Had this soundtrack from the top rock bands. You know, Cheap Trick is in there, Blue Oyster Cult. So you wouldn't necessarily call them heavy metal, but they were heavy rock at the time. Heavy metal sort of became more used as a genre for music after that movie came out. Wow. So they're connected to music. They're connected to this Comic-Con feel. Because like heavy metal wasn't really like a, a music genre before this movie. Not quite the term that we're now all used to. Right. And okay. it was sort of in the background. Cool. Right? It became much more visible after that movie. So I approached... Uh, Tommy, who's the head of studio, recently hired, as they are resurrecting the brand. And his job is to create new animated features, uh, TV, film, live action. And he has a very good interest in cannabis, as the company does. And a lot of their consumers are cannabis consumers. Yeah, It just seemed to make all the sense in the world. So we said, I think we can connect these two. And that's what we've been doing, say, for the last year is putting together a heavy metal brand with a full lineup of products under that name. So we're going to announce it at NECAN, and we're going to make it available April 1st in Massachusetts at a select number of retail partners, and we think it's just going to be a lot of fun. So yes, there's the medical side. Yes, there's the fun side. I think in the Northeast, we're a little behind on the fun side. Out West, some of those brands are much more on the fun side. Um, So I think this will go over really well here. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. that's really cool. So you're gonna have uh, a full line of, of retail uh, items. So you'll have a f- of retail products. So you'll have, you know, concentrates, edibles, um, all the major categories: flour, pre rolls, blunts, infused blunts. Oh, so cool! Concentrates, vape carts, 
um, edibles, which will be our chews and chocolate. That, yeah, that's yeah. so that's so cool. And so, are are you gonna and you'll just sell, you'll sell these at your store retail, and then you'll wholesale these to the you know to your other partners. Correct. So, I don't know this has happened before, but we're attempting, and I think we can do it. Is synchronized launch. So this brand available at select retailers at the same time on April first. Ah, uh, that that's really cool. Yep. Yeah, it makes me think that you know we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll let these guys do the the first synchronized launch, and then and then Doctor <laughs> Bewell will come out and do the second synchronized launch. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll learn a little bit from it. Yeah, it's uh, been great to talk to because we've been only discussing it within our four walls. So only recently, in the last ten days, have we revealed this to these potential wholesale buyers, you know, our retail partners, and their eyes just lit up. Like this is going to be great. The wow. industry needs something like this. Massachusetts needs something like this. So. Uh, the already acceptance, you know, from the people who run the stores has been terrific. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that yeah. sounds incredible. Like yeah. it's, you do have to worry about that. You know, of course, like starting this whole new brand that you guys already have a brand, you know, they're already buying products from you. So, so figuring out how to, okay, well let's, and it's marketing. It's, you yeah. know, figuring out yeah. the right way to market. And you kind of decided like, Hey, we can't do this all on our own and it's going to be way better and a lot more fun if right. we try to include some of these partners that are, you know, that are iconic. Absolutely. And, you know, part of it is being an interactive experience. So there's going to be a lot of connection back to heavy metal. It won't just be the product. The packaging is beautiful. Um, we have a graphic designer in-house named Jane. She's taken all this great artwork from the collection at heavy metal and figured out how to put it into the packaging. There's a lot of Easter eggs. You know, people will have fun taking a box and opening it and seeing artwork that they didn't know was going to be in there. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that, I think that that's so cool. And yeah. I think that Jane is also so cool. Yeah. <laughs> she's, Jane is awesome. She's great. She's been fantastic. Yeah, she's she's yeah. amazing. She's awesome to work with. Yeah. Um, I think it's really awesome you guys are bringing new brands into the space. I think that it's really awesome that you're, you know, you guys have that, that community focus and, and how you're doing it. And, um, you know, we talk about it, you know, you and I personally talk about it a lot. Just, just, there's a medical side to it and that's, that's such a giddy up and it's so amazing that we're, and we've literally just started to scratch the surface of right, that. Right. Um, you know, that the application is going to grow exponentially. Um, but it's also important to, to let people know that, Hey, it, it's, it, it is a medicine, but it's not, it doesn't have to just be a medicine. It, it can also be, it can also be fun and it can be, uh, you know, just to, to go out and have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about Association of Cannabinoid Specialists on the medical side. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. That 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 would be great. So that the you're you're a board member of the Association of, of uh, Cannabinoid Specialists. Yes. Um, and that's a that's a group that's led by Dr. Jordan Tischler. Yeah, a, founded by and led by um, Jordan was Harvard Harvard Medical School educated um, was in major hospitals like Brigham and Women's working with veterans. Kind of noticed that he didn't have patients that had issues with cannabis. And did his own research and realized they weren't taught in medical school about endocannabinoid system or how cannabis works and decided to dedicate himself <laughs> to recommending cannabis. So he started a recommendation practice, then founded ACS, and really wants to take the approach of there's research, we should do more research, but we should take the research and educate anybody who's a clinician, anyone who's dealing with patients, and make sure they understand there's actual evidence of benefit. And our ultimate goal is to change this to an actual prescription versus a recommendation. Now, if we can get it to be a prescription, perhaps insurance subsidized as well. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> that's a long-term goal. Yeah. But that's the mindset. 
you know, that, that he doctors has. right now are a little concerned about recommending it. What evidence is there? How do I deal with patients in the clinical setting, which Dr. Tischler does himself. So he's very versed on how to approach patients with this dosing, you know, those kind of aspects. Um, but I think I learned this recently, if it were truly a prescription, doctors actually have a duty to provide their patients all the alternatives. So instead of saying, well, these are the legal alternatives, I don't really want to talk about that one, which is sort of legal, but not federally legal, it would be in part of their portfolio. It would be natural for them to say, oh, this is an alternative for you. That's really our goal. Yeah, I, you know, to think that it, it's, it's unfortunate that we're not there yet. Right. But we need, we need to keep pushing it forward because that's, that's exactly where it needs to be, where somebody can come in and they can get their cannabis prescribed by a doctor and then it can be subsidized by their insurance. I mean, if that's, if that's not happening, then, then what, what the fuck is a third party payer for? Right. You know, like, right. the, and I know this because this is, I'm obviously passionate. Your old world here. <laughs> I'm very passionate about this, yeah. you know, how, you know, what they will reimburse and, and formularies and the, and the way that that whole game is played. I think that it's, it's disgusting. And I think that the, the, you know, I'm going to tell you one thing, the, the, they're, they're going to have a lot of pushback on that, you know, because yeah. how, yeah. how are they going to, you know, how, where's their control? There, there's no pharmaceutical company that's controlling this, that, you know, it's being grown, you know, by people like you, right. uh, by, by, you know, by your company and, and. So it's just there, I don't see an avenue where, you know, I, I see the avenue where we can make that happen, but, you know, they're not going to be very happy about it. No, it's, that's why it's a long-term goal because there's going to be resistance on many levels. Yep. Um, but to your point and your former pharmacist, it just makes all the sense in the world why doctors would be resistant now and why they'd be less resistant if it were an actual prescription. Yeah, well, that, that and it's, it's really so, like, so stupid, you know, that, that you have some doctors and that they'll... Um, you know, I was reading a little bit about, about, you know, Dr. Tischler and, you know, a great point that he makes is like, you know, he says it in, in his bio, you know, that, that, you know, he never seen anybody die of an overdose from cannabis. Right. And like that, that's really true. There's a lot of people who are suffering from, you know, from addiction and, and from certain mental health issues where, um, you know, they, and they think, okay, only abstinence only model, you know, do this. Your, your nervous system is so beyond fucked up, you know, because you've been having all this trauma, you've been going through living your life this way, uh, remove everything go, you know, abstinence only, go to an AA meeting and you'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, what if this person, you know, uh, sleep is a real thing, you know? So if this person could take a little bit of cannabis and it could help them sleep and, and, and improve their quality of life. Right. Well, you know, not showing these, uh, you know, addictive qualities where it's not destroying their life, like something like cocaine or heroin or fentanyl, um, you know, would I, 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 we have to keep pushing that forward. Yeah. I and mean, there's plenty of evidence in states that legalize where those addiction rates have come down. And you know, as a pharmacist, there's plenty of legal pharmaceuticals that are very, very dangerous. And yeah. if you take them the wrong way, you know, they've got their own issues, even aside from addiction. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So very much so. This, right. Just the symptoms that, the, that all these drugs are causing. And like, yeah, sure, 15 to 20% of drugs out there are great. It's awesome that we have insulin. A type 1 diabetic can live. That's a giddy up. Right. But the fact that we have all these copycat drugs out there and we have all this, you know, a lot of these studies that, um, you know, that are, that are being put together are just being put together with end outcomes that they know are going to be reached that are being manipulated. And it's only showing, a, you know, a, a, it's either, it might even be non-inferior, right, meaning right. that it's not even better. It's just not worse. And right. it still gets approved to market. Yeah. Um, so there's just a bunch of uh, bullshit yeah, I mean, in that. We, we talked about it earlier. I'm a survey of one, but I would much rather do what I'm doing with cannabis to help me sleep than any kind of sleep aid that I could get prescribed because they could be addictive or have other side effects. Yeah. So this is, if there were nothing else, 
just allow cannabis to be prescribed to help sleep. <laughs> that would be a huge thing. That would, it would literally just be such a such a huge thing. Um, you know, and, and I think it's cool. Who, you know, who's making up this? Uh, you know, this board of uh, the ACS. It's it's you know you, Dr. Tischler. Yeah. So the board and the membership are generally people in the healthcare industry, whether they're nurses or doctors or you know people seeing patients. You know, generally in some capacity. I am on the board, the only current operator we're hoping to add someone also from the industry, um, which allows me to give that perspective. You know, we say, hey, we'd like these things to happen. How's that going to affect the industry or would the industry support that? You know, I can kind of be the voice of that. Um, But it is a big medical focus and it's actually an international organization. Jordan just came back from South America, you know, at a conference and one of our board members is in South America and she's been leading the way on changing laws regulations in different South American countries. So cool. it's, well, it's, you know, a tough boulder to move up that hill, you know? Yeah, exactly. And if, uh, you know, you, you, if you guys need another person to, to help you push that boulder, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. So. All right. I'm going to sign you up right now. Sign me up. Exactly. Giddy up. I'm here. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I think it's important to like, to have somebody like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist with a mass college of pharmacy degree. That's good. Sure. But across the street at Harvard Med was, you know, people are going to respect that a little bit more. So I'm so glad that that people like, you know, Dr. Dr. Tischler are doing that. Um, you know, I've got other other doctors, um, you know, up here we have Dustin Sulak. He's he's great from, yep. from yep. Healer and, um, you know, Benjamin Kaplan. You know, he's coming out with a great book uh, pretty soon. We're going to have him on the show as well. And oh, so excellent. you just need these. And I'd love to have Jordan on the show. You know, that would be. I'm sure he'd love to. Okay, get yep. it up. Right. I, th- I think that it's, um, you know, the. Letting people know that there is, uh, you know, there is studies out there that are, you know, show great benefit uh, in, um, you know, in a multitude of things. And, and also, like, we need to start studying this way more than we are in, in specific ways and then reporting on that data. Right. Absolutely. And that's one, Jordan, is very focused on the research. So we are science-based, not anecdotal. Yep. And two, yes, we need to push for more research that has actual patients that has actual setup of understanding the patient groups, you know, the patient trials, and that it's legitimate kind of practice that you would expect for a medicine. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, you just need to, you know, you need to see, and I'm sure he's doing it all, you know, in a hundred percent, you know, setting up the studies appropriately and, and making sure, uh, you know, cause that, that is what needs to be done. And I, I know, I know recently we, uh, you know, as of like a year ago, two years ago, you could only, you know, f- if you wanted to federally st- study something, you know, you could only get, you know, cannabis from, you know, from Mississippi, like right. that's where it came from. Absolutely. Th- those licenses have now, in- you know, increased and, you know, we're having other, you know, people I know that they're growing over in Berwick, Maine now that, you know, yeah. we, that can be federally, federally uh, studied. Yeah. Another uh, pioneer there I met very early on in my cannabis days, Dr. Sue Sicily out of uh, Arizona. She was like the poster child of trying to do the right thing and having issues with the University of Arizona. Um, but she was the first one that told me I can only get cannabis from University of Mississippi. Now it's really opened up um, in each state. DEA is allowing for that. So people are applying to be researchers mm-hmm. and we actually apply to be a provider. Cool. So don't know, you know, where we are in the process. Hopefully we'll, we'll get that, but um, that'll be an interesting little twist, right? In the industry, our customer will be the DEA if that apply- application gets approved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, it's incredible. The, right. like that, and that's what we, um, you know, what, like what we need is, for the, for the listeners to like understand like why we're saying this is because the weed from Mississippi, the cannabis from Mississippi, it was being grown 
in one place by by one person using one protocol or maybe a couple different protocols over a year, like whatever it was. Yeah. Um, cannabis isn't grown like that anymore. You know, that cannabis was probably at, at you know, 18, 19% THC. We're now growing cannabis at, uh, you know, 30% yeah. THC. It's probably lower than that. It was all outdoor. So, oh, see, so yeah, that was all outdoor. Yeah, yeah. So it, was even, it probably was even lower than yeah. that, you know? Yeah. Uh, do do you have an uh, do you have any opinion about about outdoor cannabis and, and sun grown cannabis versus indoor cannabis? I think we should be doing all those things as an industry. Uh, one, there's an obviously energy efficiency part of that component, um, but on a cost basis, to do outdoor for extraction is fantastic. Um, it's limited in terms of smokeability, the percentage you'll get out of outdoor that people will enjoy, um, which is why we're certainly going to stick with indoor. Um, we haven't done it yet, but I do like the hybrid greenhouse model where you have natural sunlight, but you have a contained indoor grow space, so you eliminate some of the issues with outdoor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know all those things need to happen for different parts of the product that we make or what people want. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I know that like with you know you, you do the smokeability is definitely different with indoor grown f- cannabis versus uh, you know outdoor grown flower, and but you know concentrates. You know, yeah. you're, some of them can, sometimes I'm seeing like better numbers with, uh, you know, with outdoor and growing cannabis, cause you're getting, you know, more, a more full spectrum, you're getting more of the cannabinoids and, uh, you know, that, that can definitely be better. Yeah. And, uh, just like any crop, it takes per- people who really know what they're doing to make that outcome, what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. The, the, the growers who are, who are really good and who are being innovative and, uh, you know, not relying on the grow store. Yeah. You know, learning how to, you know, regenerate their soil. Th- those are going to be the guys that, that are still around. Right. You know, when it's all said and done. Yeah. The nutrients, the how do we deal with the regulations relative to pesticides, all, you got to be really dialed in. Yeah. Right. What's uh, what, what's your take on like where, you know, where we're going with, you know, federal legalization? You know, I, I think that like obviously a place like Massachusetts, uh, you know, like for instance, Oklahoma just gives giving out unlimited licenses where they have unlimited sun and unlimited land. Uh, so that's a place where if federal legalization did happen and, you know, Oklahoma got good at growing cannabis like like Maine and Massachusetts, then, you know, they might be able to supplant that market, you know, pretty easily because they're right. growing pounds, you know, for, for very, very cheap. Right. That is the big issue. And early days in 2014, 15, when I started, Oregon, Washington, you know, Humboldt, Cal- California, they were all talking about wanting to be the breadbasket for America. When this is federally legal, we can grow outdoor, we'll grow to much less cost per gram. Um, I expect if it were to legalize that you will find just like any other product that we buy on the supermarket shelves, factories will develop that can do this at the lowest cost. I think there will also be room for kind of the craft beer style companies like us who want to stay in the business, but will market themselves as being the local guys, you know, the craft beer kind of company. I really don't think national legalization with the ability to move product across states, interstate commerce is anytime soon. Yeah, it's not close, I don't think. I really thought banking laws would change by now. I'm really kind of surprised that we're sitting here in 2023 and we can't get the safe banking laws in yeah. place. Is, right? is that is that coming though? Is that that they, uh, they know, punted they, again. Oh they, they punted again. Okay. Yeah, so, so it's just being pushed pushed forward again. We'll see. But maybe twenty twenty three, I don't know. You know, I was surprised it didn't happen at the end of last year. Yeah, it's not, it sounds brutal. It's just, it's so slow and it's because, um, you know, there's so much just clogged up at the top there. I think, you know, I I get it. Like you want, you know, somebody, you know, Berkshire roots and and maybe, 
you know, maybe there, I've talked about this with a few people on the show, like federal legalization, like where interstate full interstate commerce, like, you know, that's, it's, it's gotta be a long way off because so many people have, uh, you know, put so much money into, you know, into creating these companies and creating this industry right. that they, you know, you can't do that to somebody where Oklahoma could come in and, and completely wipe out their business in a month. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> it, well, it could, uh, it, it, you know, one of the reasons I don't, think interstate commerce is around the corner because we still have so many states that it's illegal. Right. So then those states, their representatives in Congress and the Senate will be balking at not wanting that to be free flowing through their state, which doesn't allow it. Mm -hmm. So even if it's like interstate commerce, but states rights, it's going to cause a lot of transportation problems that I don't think the federal government's prepared to work around. Yeah. They, 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 struggle to work through something. So something of this, of this magnitude, I think would be pretty challenging for them to, Yeah, it's like kind of just better to leave it up to the States at this point. You know, it's like maybe some of these States, they decide, okay, it's federal legal. Now I do want to come on, on board. So, okay. Some, you know, some place like, well, so like, you know, Texas is kind of on that. They're close. You know, we allow some THC if it were federally legal, would they say, okay, we might as well allow it. I don't know. They probably would stand on the position they have. I, Right. Be my guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think pro- probably, and then, or, you know, or, or maybe they, they say, okay, you have somebody who, who, who goes and then they just, you partner states and you have one state who can grow because we don't get that much sun up here right. and whatever. And only those two states can do interstate commerce between each other. It's, it's, yeah. it's weird, you know? Some, some states have tried that. They haven't gotten there yet. Oh, so that, that's something that's already in the works. Yeah. So even years ago, but I think recently, two states got together and said, hey, federal government, we're going to do this. You don't have any say about it. And the federal government said, yes, we do. <laughs> and so it didn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's it's so funny. I, I, yeah. I was on somebody's show the other night who told me, you know, with the like the whole D8 thing and the, the 2008 farm bill, there, there, some people are right now trying to say that they're, because THC, THCA, before it's decarbed, you know, it's THCA. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's not illegal. So people are trying to say that flour you know, they can ship flour wherever they want. They can sell flour wherever they want because it's not actually, it's not Delta 9 THC, which is the illegal, yeah. you know, component. Which actually I do believe that with a clone, you know, with seed, with something that's inert, it should be able to be moved around. I, and I, and I, I agree with that. I, I think that that's a, um, uh, you know, a cool thing in, in Europe. You know, you, we've been talking a lot about like medicine and, and how we're, you know, trying to push different modalities forward. And I'm, right. I'm, I'm huge about that. And so, um, you know, I'm, I hope you're comfortable with me asking you this, but if you're not, just just say no. But um, I, in Maine, one of the reasons why I'm here and mm. one of the reasons why I decided to bring my business here um, was because another medicine that, like cannabis, is that is starting to uh, be available to people that is, is going to be a huge market is uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah, I was uh, introduced to the concept many years ago, a company I was working with in Canada. One of the principals I was working with moved to a company early, like, I don't know, three years ago, who was doing that. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, So I learned a little bit, you know, through him. I don't have a particular position on it. I haven't really thought about it. I see, you know, right now that it's a guided experience, but people are advocating it doesn't have to be. So I don't really know. Okay, cool. Would love to talk to you about it in the future, but I don't really have a, a working knowledge of how that might become a commercial product. Okay, yeah. So, but you're open to it. Yeah, I mean, if it can be helpful. From, what I have seen in the people who have these great outcomes, like, well, why would you suppress this? James, it's, it's right. actually wild. Like yeah. where, like I was saying earlier, like in, in some pharmaceutical studies, like where we're trying to either be non-inferior or we're trying to get a two to 3%, uh, you know, end outcome. Right. 
with some of the early studies that we're seeing with psychedelics and not just psilocybin, but also, you know, with ketamine and MDMA and, yep. um, you know, some of these other, other, other uh, you know, products that they have out there, we're seeing like 50 to 60% reduction in, redu- uh, in depression and, yeah. and anxiety and PTSD. Uh, you know, with ketamine, we're seeing instant reversal of, of long-term depression. Um, and these are medicines that they're PRN as right, needed. Right. Yeah. And, you know, my, I told you my kids are in their 30s. So that generation, the generation behind them, there just seems to be more and more focus on anxiety, depression, whatever the experience is, the life experience they're having. If there's a way to stall that, improve that, figure out how to treat that, you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, you guys just put up for put up with it forever. Your generation, you know, <laughs> got, you know, just, Sol- must- just soldier on. Yeah. So, you know, Put on your boots. That's that's what it was, you yeah. know. From my dad, you know, strap on your boots and you go to work, no matter what, no matter how depressed or shitty or whatever you're feeling. Right. Um, in my generation and the generation that's even younger is that's just not the case. It's it, it shouldn't be, you know, and it shouldn't be that way. It's growth, you know. It's showing that your generation has showed us, like you know, you've done something for us that we say, okay, even though we're yelling at you guys about it and saying, <laughs> you know, oh, we want to do this. Let us do the mushroom. You know, let us do mushrooms. You know, like yeah. we. We just, you know, you guys helped us, you know, you paved that way. And, you know, the generation, you know, 30 years from now, I'll be sitting in your seat and, you know, we'll have you <laughs> save, you know, not, not, not quite 30, you know, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't let me age you too much. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that I, you know, I'm super passionate about it because it's, uh, you know, I started with honey and then I started to say, okay, well, if I'm doing this, I'm going holistic and I, and I'm, I'm the biggest believer in cannabis, you know, so let's, let's do, let's do cannabis. And right. Um, you know, in that, uh, you know, I had been planning cause I know, you know, Oregon, you know, Maine has, has put it in through its legislation. It, it, it is legislator. It, it's gone through the house. Um, it, it lost in the Senate, right. uh, but it will, it means it's going to be back and yeah. there's, you know, the lobbying groups are getting larger and, you know, we had the, the first annual Maine fungi fest last year. Fungi fest. I like that. Yeah. We're getting, we're yeah. doing the second one this year, which is going to, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think if I remember correctly, the city of Cambridge in Massachusetts is allowing it. I don't know under what parameters, but that would be a good test case for Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I do think I, I heard that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, what a good place for it, you know, or Harvard, MIT, you know, where all people are really smart and that's, you know, where it should be happening. Well, you know, maybe not because Timothy Leary kind of, you know, he kind of <laughs> fucked it up a little bit. You know, he was, he was good, but he, he was good because he was helping people understand it, but he just, yeah. was, he didn't, he like, he was just too out there a little bit, you know, yeah. he needed, like you said, it's, it, it most people, it's a guided, you know, something that's guided, and at least at first, definitely something that you wanted to be guided through. Right, um, right. But it's not something that you that's necessary. You know, this a lot of microdosing and and stuff like that. There's tons of application for that where you're not even, you know, even somebody who's never taken this before, you're not, you know, you might not even feel a, a, a direct shift in right, anything. Right. You're just going to literally because you took a a, a 0.1 gram of you know, of psilocybin, you might feel a little bit more bubbly, a little bit happier. Right. Um, you know, which is not something that you see when you take an, an SSRI. You know, it's yeah, quite it, the opposite. So microdosing is one way to figure out how to commercialize it um, without it being guided. Uh, so it'd be really, really interesting to see how this develops in like the cannabis industry, bifurcations, trifurcations, like how many different aspects of this. Oh, there's, you know, this guided part and there's this go low and slow part. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, right. And that's, it's, it's, you know, it's how it's going to have to be. And I think like just destigmatizing it is like one of the main things that we have to do. And that's because right now people think, you know, especially older people, they think like, oh, if I take mushrooms, I'm going to have a trip. My, my parents, you know, yeah, my mom yeah. is, my mom has stage four cancer and one of the, the biggest, like, you know, brain and lung, like, you know, on the way out, you know, I love you so much, mom. So, so much. Um, but 
the, the biggest application that we've seen so far is helping people deal with end of life stress. Oh, wow. You know, with death, imminent death. It's it's because it helps them realize that, right. you know, what it does for me, you know, when I, when I, when I partake is it helps shift perception. Right. You know, you say this problem was unsolvable to Steve and yesterday. Right. But today I don't need, I'm not even looking at that, that, you know, the problem is the solution. It's not, you know, I was looking, I just need to look <laughs> at it a different way. That's yeah. it. It is that simple. And I don't know why my brain couldn't do that yesterday. I know. It is a great perspective. Uh, right now it's for me, the sun, like the sun's still up. There's this problem. The sun goes down, sun comes up again the next day. Oh, wait a minute. That problem doesn't seem as bad as it did yesterday. What happened? You know? Yeah, no, exactly. But, and that, that, that's, that's a great way. I think, and a lot of people like, that's great that you can, you can do that naturally. And I, I think I, I can do that naturally now because the mushrooms help teach me that, you know, that, okay, right, right. everything, you know, you don't have to be too stressed out. Tomorrow's another day. You know, everything's going to be all right. You know, you just have to have a different perspective. Try right. to try to work it. Try to look at it a different way because getting anxious is just going to create anxiety, which is just going to make everything worse. Yeah. Um, this may be apropos of nothing, but I happen to be listening audiobook to John Adams, the David McCullough book. Cool. Yeah. Years ago. And, you know, his perspective in his later years when he had a bad relationship with Thomas Jefferson after having a wonderful relationship with him was that's all the past. We were politicians. He said things about me because he wanted to become president. I would too. Like now we can be friends. Wow. So okay. just that mindset shift of people, you know, obviously at a certain intelligence level too, um, that things aren't as bad as you think they are. They're maybe not as good as you think they are either. Like it's life, you know, stuff happens. Stuff has. So he wasn't, so he, uh, he wasn't actually mad at Jefferson. No, at the, at the I mean, in their later the years, they're retired from politics. Like, let's go back to being friends. So they did become <laughs> friends again. Oh, they, yeah, for many years wrote letters. Oh, they didn't, cool. You know, they were older. They didn't go visit each other, but they were writing letters for many years. Oh, cool. See, I, I yeah. was, I've been getting more into, you know, more into history. And I think John Adams is just, you know, so fascinating, of course, um, and to Thomas Jefferson as well. So it's just, you know, those two men and their relationship. Like, exactly. Sometimes it's not... It's not all bad, and it's not all you know. That's a that's a great perspective to have from from a uh, you know a great founding mind of the country. Absolutely, absolutely. And and uh, no, you know that's kind of what we got going on here. You know, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. You know, <laughs> if only, if uh, only, giddy up. Yeah. Um. So uh, so we think that you know, do you, do you think that cannabis and, and psilocybin will um you know do you think those two industries will 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 mesh? You know, the regulators obviously have their self-interest. So if they think this should be regulated, we can gain something from it, uh, someday, yeah, it could be folded in there. If they think this is not cannabis, we only want to deal with cannabis, it might end up in some other party's regulatory yep. sphere. We'll see, you know. Yeah, because, like, I, I, you know, one of my goals and one of my, you know, my long-term goals is to, is to have a, a you know, a, a Be Well retreat or Be Well Retreat Center, or Be Well Sanctuary, mm -hmm. where people come and there's all these different healing modalities. They can come and they can they can do yoga, they can do movement, they can do kin stretch, they can do, you know, weightlifting, they can do swimming. And at the same time, they're getting, um, you know, guided meditations or they're learning how to meditate on their own. Right. Or there's space where they, they can go and, and do psilocybin. There's space right. where we have ketamine professionals, on, uh, you know, on site. Um, you know, there's tons of cannabis being grown locally there. We're growing some of the food there locally. Right. Um, you know, we're helping a community and we're creating this place where people can go and find space and get away from, because technology is not going anywhere and it's going to, the rat race is just going to keep getting, yeah, you know, uh, you know, harder and, and, and more and, and challenging for us human beings to, to live in it. Right. So we just got to learn how to do that. And I think giving us ourselves that space 
and sometimes, uh, you know, using some of the medicines that uh, the natural world provided for us, uh, that's like really the giddy up. Yeah, so that would require some loosening of the idea that maybe some of this doesn't need to be regulated. Yeah. You know, if people have good judgment and they can go to a, a place like that and use their judgment, like maybe that should just be how it gets done. Yeah, I think and I think the same thing, you know. I think with, with this, it's, it's you know, what about, uh, you know, what do you think about that in regard to cannabis, though? You know, like, because obviously we're a lot further than that. You know, we're way past that now. It can't be that that model, but it, yeah. it kind of is that model. Some in some places in Maine, if you want to grow your own in a mass, if you want to grow your own cannabis, you just have to get your card and you can grow your six plants. And it's this weird set of stuff that we have going on. The stew, right? We have this highly regulated part of the industry for companies like ours. All this licensing and renewal and inspections. And there's rules on the books that say you can grow it at home, you know, and, and do what you want to do, make whatever you want out of it. It's just very odd. Right. Um, but you can do that with normal products, let's call it. Like there's factories that make bread and they have to follow OSHA rules and FDA rules and you can make bread at home. Yeah, right. right? So, so as yeah. long as they don't stop you from making bread at home or stop you from growing your own, then you know, we're kind of working in this weird stew. Yeah, just don't know? let us make our own bread. Let's let it, let us make our own bread. Let us do you know. Let let's just get as much bread out there as we can in a in a safe way right. for the people. But the reason that bread exists on supermarket shelves is not everybody wants to, not everybody's capable to, not everybody has the time to. Right. People come up with innovative products that you wouldn't have thought of at home. Yeah. So you need both. Yeah, exactly. You need right. you need both. It's you know not everyone's gonna uh, you know with cannabis, yes, but you know with with mushrooms, you know, and psilocybin, not everyone's gonna want to start a mushroom grow in their in their basement. You right. know. Um, but they still need access to this medicine. And that's like one thing that I'm really focused on is access. Mm -hmm. And that's like, you know, a thing because it, you know, say someone doesn't have, um, you know, they don't have the money to come in and, and get the cannabis from, you know, from Berkshire Roots. They right. don't have the money to come in and get, uh, you know, a dosage of, of psilocybin uh, that those people who probably need it the most, you know, are, uh, are going to have um, a disadvantage to getting it. Yeah. So circle back. If you truly need it as a medicine, then why isn't it covered by insurance? You're getting subsidized. So that's, you know, a $5, $10 copay, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. But, we need to, we need to push for that. And I think that, um, you know, I think I, I would like to, to, you know, be a part of that long-term goal with, with yeah. you and Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just, that, that, ha that has to happen. And if it's like, if it's not the case by the, I mean, the insurance company is such bullshit. So it's like, if you, you know, They'll pay for your prescription right away, but you know if you want to get a gym membership, you got to send in ten forms, you know, <laughs> to get that reimbursed for a hundred dollars, and you got to do it every month, right? You know, so that like let's just let's make it really easy on people to get some better food. Let's subsidize some food. Let's subsidize real medicine for them, and then you can do the pills thing too. You can because they they have their application. You know, I don't think that it is two thousand twenty three. It's amazing that we you know we have especially a lot of the surgeries and a lot of the processes that we've invented. Like it's incredible, you know. Right. Yeah. I've spent, I've gotten more time with my mom, you know, even though it hasn't necessarily been great for her, you know, she's been on chemotherapy and stuff every three weeks for the last two and a half years, yeah. but she's here. And like, we've spent time, we've had conversations that we wouldn't have been able to have otherwise. Right. So that's great. That's a giddy up. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, the, the fact that before that, you know, or that my dad, you know, it was, you know, before he stopped working, but he could, and before he could start exercising, you know, the poor guy was on like, you know, 12, 13 medicines, you right. know, now he's on like two, you know, because he's, he's able to spend the time to exercise and. He wasn't a, oh, you know, great. Yeah. it's great. You know, yeah. he's a, you know, got, got his body fixed a little bit, you know, to do, he was a tie the boots up type of guy, you know? So once <laughs> he retired and, and got his body fixed a little bit, now right. it's, and I just want that to be, you know, possible for everybody. Yeah. And you mentioned access. So 
I think all of these avenues should be available to people. I want to pay a little more and know that it came from a place that operated a certain way and made this product a certain way. And I don't have the time or patience to do it myself, or I want that, but I need subsidies or I just want to do it on my own. As long as all these avenues are available and the access is there, however you want to get it, that would be the ultimate. Yeah. I think that that's, I mean, maybe that's why I like you so much, dude. Cause like, <laughs> Well, you have that opinion. You're the CEO of a top 10 company and, and like most people are going to just be thinking about profit and profit, profit, profit. And you're here telling me, no, I actually care about the medicine. I care about what, you know, people having access to it. And it, if they, if they don't come to my store, that's okay. They still need to get it. So just, you know, grow it on their own or I, I just respect you so much. For yeah. That. Well, I'm, I appreciate that, but it just seems natural to me because people are not the same, you know, they have different wants, desires, tolerance, you know, so let's, give them all of the stuff available and let them choose. Yeah. We, we keep trying to do that with everything. You know, we try to make like these cookie cutter models that are, you know, business that works for everybody. And like most stuff like that, that's actually helping you and healing you. It, it doesn't work that way. Like with yoga, for instance, yoga is not a one fit all model. You know, yeah. you need to try different types of yoga and you need to go and do it in different ways and, and, and see different teachers and not get into a place where they are just caring about the profit. Yeah. You know, and I see this in all, you know, in all the stuff that I, that I talk about on the show, you know, with all these health modalities, there's a, a lot of stuff that you kind of have to wade through a little bit. Right. Um, and just making it, uh, you know, easy for, for people so that they can make the, the best decisions, uh, you know, for what they need because they're different. Right. Is, is so, the way to you go. know, that's kind of like the regulatory part, the laws as a commercial business. Our job is just to make sure you use the term product first, which is my term. We create really great products and people like them and want them. That's really our only job. Create products that people like and want. Right. And that's that's exactly what you guys are doing. It's exactly why, you know, I, I you know, I'm so glad to be doing business with you and, um, you know, so glad to, so, so happy to see what, or so excited to see, you know, what's going to happen next and where this is going to go and, uh, you know, where, you know, where the industry might land and, uh, you know, to, to have some fun doing it yeah, with yeah. people like you is, is yeah. cool, you know, opposed to just being stressed out all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's stressful, <laughs> but we are in the cannabis industry and we remind ourselves of that and we do try and have fun. And can't wait to get your products out there and see, you know, how the world responds because I think they're great. Um, and then just, you know, generally in 2014, 2015, I don't think I could have imagined where this Massachusetts market would have gone, New England in general. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. New Hampshire is kind of a holdout, but, yeah, you know, Rhode Island, Connecticut. Uh, I told you we're on the border of New York, so I'll include New York in the Northeast. Uh, Maine, Vermont, like how did this happen? You know, how, how did it happen? You know, it's and and also like New Hampshire, like, come on, you know, we're looking to get Wendy Thomas who, you know, who sponsored the, you know, sponsored the bill that actually looks like the best one so far. Uh, you know, before these, these guys were trying to like, you know, give licenses just to the liquor stores. And there was just, there was craziness out there. Right. I think it was actually Jacob, our producer who suggested to governor Sununu when he was interviewing him. And when, when was it Jacob? If I remember correctly, it was 2015, but it might have been 2016. Yeah, so been a few years. Been, been a few years. And Jacob yeah. was, you know, saying to him, like, well, you already have the infrastructure. Why don't you just get the licenses? And he was like, right. oh, no one's ever suggested that to me before. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should do that. And right. then then they did it, but they, they did it the wrong way by just right. making it exclusive to the state. You know, if you, yeah, sure. If you if you want to play, then just let us play too. You know, right. you can you can grow and you can do your thing in the liquor store, but I should be able to open up a private business as well. Yeah. And the, the new ones kind of say that, you know, the, the new law, that's, that the new legislation that, that's being put forth is, is exactly that. It's home grows, private right. licenses. And if the state wanted to do it, they, they could essentially go through the same process as everyone else. Yeah. If they do the other two, they won't end up doing it themselves. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> highly doubtful. Yeah. Right. When you when you when you have uh, competent, educated people who want to do something, right. opposed to it being run by people who don't care as much about it or don't have yep. any passion, it's it's just never going to be a successful model. Right. Um. So so speaking of uh, you know speaking of a little bit of fun. Yes. I wanted to. Uh, you know, you're part part of your band, Midlife Crisis. <laughs> yes. I wanted to, to to put it up on, on on the TV here. We got a cool little video. This is a um, this is James James wrote this song. Uh, that you guys usually do cover bands, right? We are a cover band. Is a little bucket list item that my band willingly said we'll learn it and play it. And this was their introduction to a original playing out. Okay, giddy up. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna listen we're gonna listen to this for a minute. <laughs> band the band celebrated its 20th anniversary last year incredible and i've been in the band 14 years wow so, so the, two of the founding members are the guitarist and the bass player so they started the band you know 20 years ago so the three of us that have been playing 14 years together wow and um, then the, the other uh, people in the band you know quite a number of years now but having that core drummer guitarist bass player playing together for 14 years one of the big compliments that we love is when people say, you guys are really tight. It's like, yeah, we, we practice a lot. We want those beginnings, the endings, transitions, stops, you know? Yeah, man. Um, so it's, it's a lot of fun. And after doing it for so long and playing a lot of the same songs over and over, we almost have it. Yeah, almost. <laughs> I think I think it's great that they, um, you know, they, they helped you, you know, scratch off one of those things off your bucket list. Because it takes time to practice that stuff. You know, usually as a cover band, you're... I mean, you're practicing, but you know, you sh- a lot of times you can just show up for a, for a set and show up for a gig and, and bang it out, right? That's how it goes. Not usually for us. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> we like to have a good practice session before we have a gig, and oh, I again, love that's, it. that's how you get that tightness, you know. Yeah, no, I so yeah. I love that, and I, I yeah. you know, I think that maybe maybe just the the bands that I'm listening to down at the Thirsty Moose, and, and no disrespect <laughs> to them because I, I love them and I love yeah. to go dance with them, and they're, and they're great. Right. But that that's generally what they they tell me, you know. There's, there's no time to practice. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But yeah. no, that. That's great yeah, we that try and uh, get together once a week, so it's you know it's like my bowling league, and you know the old days, like hey honey, I'm going bowling. You're like yeah, I'm going to rehearsal. And you mean the olden days? You know it. Me and my me and my buddy Al, we were at bowling league last night. Oh, you are good. Okay, so people still do that. Yeah, and bowling league is great because it it and it used to be great, and I wish people would do it more. We need yeah. something that's you know more you know maybe we get cannabis and bowling together, you know, <laughs> smoke and bowl, but yeah. it's uh, smoke a bowl. Yeah. Um, you know you. You know, there was actually a, bu- a book written about it, you know, that I read once. And it's like it would bring together doctors with, uh, you know, with a person who's working at a, a cashier at a register who, true, with, yeah. a, with a, uh, you know, a housewife with, a, you know, 
with all these, with the CEO of this company, with right. all these different walks of life. Yeah. And so you get to really see like people, oh, we're not different. We're actually all the same and right. we have the right. same problems and we have the same bullshit. So bowling league was like, we need more of that in the community. We need to come together. And it's, it's yeah. why me and my buddy Al do it. So we can, we can uh, stay engaged. Yeah. It's just a great bonding. So those people in my band, they're my teammates, you know, if it's a sports analogy yeah. and I just love having that opportunity once a week to get together with them and do something we all have in common yeah, and have fun doing. Yeah. And, it's, it's amazing. And yeah. uh, I hope that, uh, I hope I'll get to see you play. I hope that I'll get to actually see you play in Rebel House where we record the studio, where we record the podcast. That would be fun. It looks like a great little venue here. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I would love for you guys to come up. We'll have to plan something at some point, you know, this summer or something and, and get you guys to come up and you know, we have a couple of the the CEOs who are, you know, not the main companies that we deal with that, that also play in bands. So we can do a, yeah, a cannabis do a little, duel of the bands, you know? Little jam, little jam. Yeah, exactly. A little yeah. giddy up. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just, I want to, I want to thank you, you know, so much for, you know, for coming on the show today. It was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I know that like our relationship is, is just beginning, uh, you know, personally and professionally. I think that you are a person that I, uh, I've already learned so much from uh, in, in the demeanor and how, the way that you treat people, the way that you treat your partners, uh, the way that you constantly are able to just uh, move everybody towards the, you know, towards the end zone. I think uh, for another sports analogy, <laughs> I, I think is incredible. Right. Um, I, I, I want to, uh, you know, let the people know that, you know, you know you're an awesome guy who, that, you know, a crushing music and that's not that that that's you know that's who james winnaker is man he's he's a, he's a music guy he's crushing it he's helping people uh you know he's not some stooge ceo some corporate ceo <laughs> out there you know like like a lot of these cannabis companies are you know that that aren't that didn't come from the family roots yeah i, I appreciate it i mean just me yes i have that title but i just love being in business and trying to figure out what people want and making that happen you know no, that's it, man. I, and I think you, I think you told that story today, and I think that that's definitely going to come across to people, and that, that that's just how you wanted to do it since the beginning. And you had a really cool partner who uh, you know helped make that happen. Uh, who I, you know, I also am blessed to to have that as well. Love you, Kayla. Um, <laughs> giddy up. Um, so so James, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I I cannot thank you enough. I cannot wait to do it again. Um, I can't wait to have the, the products in the store and to, to continue to grow our relationship and to, to help everyone be well. I appreciate you having me, and we'll definitely want to come back when we have some time under our belt. Products went on the shelf, and you can tell your story about what it's like to go in stores in Massachusetts, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I think right. that, that that's exactly everybody. The next time that we'll have James on is, uh, you know, a couple months from now after I have, uh, you know, after I've been in market from Massachusetts uh, and, and been crushing it there. And we can, we can talk about that experience a yep. little bit and we, we can, uh, you know, we can go from there. That'd be great. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Uh, you know, you guys, the community, you're the ones who help make this happen. Uh, you know, we, we, we always want to help people be well, that's individuals, the community and society as a whole. Uh, if you, if, you know, if you, if you're struggling at all with anything, reach out to us, you know, we'd love to help you love to try to put you in touch with whoever we can. Uh, you know, it's a giddy up. So appreciate everybody. Appreciate you, James. Giddy up. Thanks, Be well. Steve.